Hola Madridistas, welcome to another episode of Let's Be Real. We have not an esteemed panel, I guess, like it's just the two of us. So it's just <laughs> <laughs> like we usually say, it's uh, the wonderful Farooq and myself. How's it going, Farooq? How are you feeling after last post-match? Uh, it was a, it was quite an interesting post-match, you know, considering uh, the 1-1 draw and it was a, it was a nice conversation to hear what the boys and Doris had to say, you know. So uh, it was, it was, it was, there was that, and also, uh, you know, the, there was a small matter of the, you know, the FIFA awards last night as well. Mm-hmm. Where for some reason, we just seem not to win anything. But then, anyways, it is what it is. That's 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 something else. But other than that, man, yeah, it's been a, you know, it's been a good week so far, honestly. You know, uh, if you could recall that uh, the other time I told you, you know, the week is up and down. You know, it's a week of where you have some things, but also you don't have the things. Well, yeah, it's two days into the week. Let me not jinx it. Well, yeah, it's it's been looking positive so far. Yeah, it's better not to jinx it. Just two days, like you say. A lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> For instance, the big game on Thursday. Oh man! Like... Indeed, man. Indeed, my friend. It's it's a really really big game on Thursday. Like it doesn't matter if it's the Copa del Rey or it's the Super Cup or it's a friendly in Saudi Arabia. It really doesn't really matter, honestly. It's it's a uh... It's, it's it's a really, really big game. And, you know, considering what's just happened to Barcelona, you know, uh, at the weekend as well, you know, the loss to Almeria. And, like, I will put my hands up to say I never, ever saw that coming. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know who wrote it. I think it was Doris who wrote it in the group chat. And yeah. when she just wrote it, you know, like, I was like, okay. And then after, like, 80 minutes, it was still, like, uh, 1-0. I just switched on the game. And, I mean, you have to watch this to the end, man. <laughs> I would say, I like, honestly, the, yeah, I mean, the first half, like, Barca got thoroughly, like, overrun, I would say, because their attacks were all on point. They had a series of really close uh, corners, and then uh, they had almost yeah. three, four shots at target itself in the first half. And Almeria was just beautiful. Uh, but in the second half, Barca certainly improved. And then that was when you probably turned it on. Like, was that a really tense moment in the final uh, 10 minutes, or how was it? Definitely, definitely. It was a, it was, you know, it was a really tense end to the game. And actually, for me, I was just personally, okay, okay, okay. But the thing is that, you know, uh, after the game, you know, I just was like, okay, the point is this, like, even if Barca, you know, drop points, we also are going to, like, there is no guarantee that we're going to gain these points that they've dropped. I don't know if, you know, that makes sense. So in that way, I just kind of feel like, ugh, I mean, it's still seven points, so... Uh, it is what it is still. It's still seven points, just like the day before, and it's still like that today. So seven points, a lot of gap to cover. Even, you know, uh, if, even if we defeat Barcelona at the camp, now it's still going to be, you know, f- four point lengths to, you know, recover. So, yeah, as I said, like, the point is, uh, I cannot sit here and tell you with confidence that, oh, yeah, we're going to, you know, go on a, on, a, on a, you know, on a run and, you know, win 10 games on the trot, you know. I mean, that's not what we do in La Liga. So, yeah, man, it is what it is. And, uh, like, I feel like one of the major reasons why this is happening is uh, Barca are missing their usual midfield of Pedri, Gavi, and, uh, of course, uh, now Lewandowski as well is uh, injured, which we'll get into later. But it's just a difficult moment for them. And uh, right now, we are just uh, getting through our injury list and then slowly getting our players back. So, I feel like it's a good moment to face Barcelona, definitely. 
I mean, you're totally right. You know, the absence of you know those uh, talismanic midfielders of Barcelona, you know, and it's 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 showed a lot. Even you could see you know in the game against United, like you know, uh, the control of the midfield was what eventually you know led them to lose in that game. And you know, uh, I actually feel now you know with the uh, with the return from injury of you know our midfielders as well, like you know as you said, like this is the time to you know uh, try to win that midfield battle and eventually the game uh, entirely as a whole. Yeah, like before we like uh, get into the corporate thing, like that's just another other thing. Like, were you like totally surprised when we could feel the completely different midfield in the second half? But not many teams can do that, man. Not even Man City. I mean, I, 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 you know, I aired my frustration about that. The fact that okay, you're fielding a completely different midfield, albeit a very, very, you know, solid midfield, which will be very close to world class, you know, because obviously we can't. Uh, it would be unfair to, you know, like, or it would be bogus to label Chouameni and Kamavinga as world-class players at this point. Obviously, they will develop into world-class players. But, I mean, it's as close to world-class as you can get, honestly. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very exciting to see, but also it's very sad to see that in a game where we need to score a goal, we decide to throw in Chouameni, you know, I feel... I mean, I can understand Kamavinga because of that burst of energy and what he's and what he's not. Farouk, are you still like, crying about your Chouameni? <laughs> I mean, I it's it's, it's uh, I just feel you know it's sad honestly. At least that's the way I see it, that you know I'm looking to win a game and uh, my option is you know to swap a defensive midfielder for a defensive midfielder. You know, it's like exactly. I don't know, like, man. Honestly, like, it's, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's to be fair to Carlo, like who could have foreseen that Korea would get the red card for that, and that just completely uh, missed the you know the point of having Germany on. Like there was no need for having him on, especially. Well, the point was, you know, as we talked uh, after the game, you know, uh, as I think uh, Javier also highlighted, is that there was no width in the game. The game was yeah. too central, you know. And the point is that the way, you know, Molina and uh, uh, and Savage, you know, literally, you know, marked uh, Vini out of the game, like they literally uh, stopped him from doing anything. Like we needed someone who was going to hold the touchline, you know. And... With all due respect to Marco Asensio, he's just not that. Even at his, you know, at his highest peak, you know, in 16, 17, he just wasn't that kind of player, you know. He's not a player who is going to hog the touchdown. He's someone who likes to cut in, you know, into the central areas and what is and what is not. So we needed that, you know, uh, line hogging, you know, fullback or I don't know, or a winger or whatever. So uh, at that point in time, still, honestly, even without, you know, foreseeing the red card to, 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 uh, uh, what was it, to Korea. So it was, I don't know, at least this is what I felt personally, but yeah, but I mean, eventually then, uh, you know, we had, uh, we found a way to, you know, concede a goal from a set piece, you know, that's, that's what we do. And uh, yeah, uh, it is what it is, unfortunately. Yeah, man. At least uh, I feel like it's been a long time now that we can look at the game objectively and not blame figures at like the young kid who just came on and then blame him for the goal. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. honestly, no, uh, even I, I didn't blame him at all because I felt, you know, uh, the point is if there are three defenders there and one of them is Alvaro and the two others are your starting centre-backs in Militao and Rudiger, I mean, no one will even remember that Alvaro was there. Obviously, the blame 110% lies on both Militao and Rudiger, you know, Militao and Rudiger, sorry. So, I mean, that's, 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 that's them 100%. And the fact that, you know, uh, Jimenez actually specifically chose to attack that region of the pitch 
of the you know of the box rather tells yeah. a lot about how much you know uh, our our center back pairing is is is, is you know is, is strong when it comes to you know uh, defending set pieces. Let me not use the word weak, but rather let's use the word strong. You know, but this kind <laughs> of consolidate and con, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's 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 it says a lot, honestly, that he that, that you know uh, the Atleti Asaka in the box choose to uh, attack that specific you know duo. So yeah. It goes to say, like, this is what he's always been, you know, year in, year out. It's like always that, you know, we've always complained about the lack of, you know, uh, set-piece defending and you brought in Militao. And, but one thing I would say is that, you know, eventually you come to understand that, you know, defending set-piece is not about, you know, physical presence. It's a game of reading the game. It's your ability to read the game. Because the point is, a lot of people made fun of, you know, Lissandro Martinez when he joined United. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, like, he's one of the highest, he has one of the highest successful, you know, aerial duels success in England, you know. And like I mean, without sounding disrespectful, he's just like a midget man. <laughs> That's the thing, honestly. So it's all about you know you being tall or being this. Now, nah, I mean, let's not forget like you know one of the best defenders in history. You know, Cannavaro, the one who won the Ballon d'Or. He was also you know not tall, you know, but he's yeah. regarded as one of the best defenders. Like you literally can't get past him. So it's all about you know physicality and height and what is. There. I mean, obviously like. People will just sit down, you know, and talk. Oh, yeah, he has to be tall. He has to. Nah, I mean, football is also a game of intelligence, you know, like uh, it's no longer just physicality. I mean, as I've said, like intelligent people will always, you know, try irrespective of how physically they look. It's, you know, when you're stupid, that's when you need to, you know, compensate with that for your for your physicality and your athleticism, honestly. So, yeah, it is what it is, unfortunately. Yeah, man, but especially when you talk about intelligence, like what's frustrating for me is that Militao, he can man-mark a man and uh, probably keep him in his pocket for maybe 88 minutes. But then just in that, like, couple of minutes, uh, he does something really dumb or forgets to, like, completely mark a man. And then this is what happens. We see this game in, game out. I mean, that's the thing, man. Like, I mean, as we've, we've discussed this even, I think, last year as well, like, we always have this, we use this word brain farts, you know, like, that's that's the thing in our, our defense, man. Like, it's always going to happen, like, one of them or both of them at the same time will just decide that yeah i mean uh we, we've scored enough so let's let's let the opposition also score one or two goals here and there you know so that's 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 the thing but i mean the thing is that brain fats can happen you understand but the point is when it becomes consistently the same thing it starts to become okay this is no longer a mistake but this is you know in like an incapability it's like okay you guys are just not capable of defending set pieces you know i can you know you can forgive you know lapse in concentration or you give the ball away or like, you know, uh, you lose your marker, this and that, this can happen, you know, like you concede to a counter, it can happen. But when you're taught, always conceding or, you know, through the same avenue, which is a set piece for our case, you know, and the point, the thing is, is, you know, I think, uh, I think it was Doris who mentioned it. Maybe you can remember, like she said, Rudiger always wins his attacking aerial duels, but it never goes on target. He will always mm. win the headers, but they will always go somewhere else. I think the only time was against Leipzig when he got injured. That's the only time I think he actually won the header that actually went on target. Otherwise, it's he's going to win the header, but it's going to go off target, you know? So what's the point? So it's, you know, it's just a up and down thing, honestly. But I mean, uh, this is nothing new. This is nothing new, honestly. So, you know, it's just, it just hurts that, you know, when you drop points because of these things, you know, uh, you just, you try to highlight them here and there, but... This is not in you. We won the Champions League and the league last year using the same thing. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, man. Totally. Uh, I guess uh, this is a good time to, you know, start getting into the Copa del Rey fixtures. So, 
right now for all the moderators us listening uh, just for reference we are facing them in the semi final for the first leg at the santiago bernabeu uh, along with us uh, we also have osasuna and athletic club battling it out uh, so that fixture like regardless i'm pretty sure barca or real madrid like would be totally happy to face either of them like are you surprised to see atletico out at this point of the tournament for because we we did I mean, pick them we, remove, we we yeah. we eliminated them no <laughs> <laughs> we eliminated them so i mean it's uh, it's, it's 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 actually no. uh, i was reading uh, a write up on espn just before the derby actually where he was talking about like there was a uh, five seasons in a row real madrid eliminated atleti from the from the uefa champions league oh, wow. no sorry it was four seasons in a row sorry it was four seasons It was two finals, one quarterfinals, and one semifinals. Mm-hmm. Imagine that I must have... imagine how crazy is that. The sight of our bats must be like getting on my nerves of all their fans. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the funny thing is this: they literally like uh, if maybe you can remember. I think for the final in Milan, they literally had to go through Bayern Munich, Barcelona, I think, and Chelsea to get to the final. You know, yes. on the other hand, I think we had to go to, uh, I think we had to go to Wolfsburg, Dortmund. You know, like I mean, compared to their path, you know, like their theirs was the path of champions. You know, and they came and like you know they they it was a near near game, and then we had to go to penalties and all that. I mean, that's the thing, man. Like, uh, unfortunately, like uh, for Atleti, you know, like they don't have very good memories. You know, when it comes to us, honestly. I mean, obviously, like Simeone has revived the derby and all that, but yeah, I mean. Atleti being out, we eliminated them out. So I'm not surprised about you know the missing ball. It would have been nice, you know, if we were in there at least to see you know Diego Simeone get uh, get get his hands on the trophy, a potential last trophy. We don't know if he's gonna stay mm. or if he's gonna go. Well, I'm mean, uh, credits to uh, Diego Simeone for you know the way he's revived the club and what he's done with club. Yeah, but uh, more than like. Uh... Having Atletico missing, like what's surprising to me is that we are still alive in the Copa del Rey. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly that's the thing. I mean, I can't remember the last time we actually played a Copa semi-final, man. Honestly, I can't remember the last time we played a Copa semi-final. But I mean, it's good, man. Honestly, and I, I also, you know, uh, I'm also glad that actually it's against Barcelona, not Osasuna or Atleti. Okay, maybe Atleti Club would have been, you know, a bit better. But the thing is that uh, Osasuna, although this season also flying high. The point is, we have this tendency to, you know, underrate the, the the fixture. You know, we have this tendency to underrate the opponent. I don't know if that's the right word. If it's the fixture or the opponent, I don't know. But the point is, uh, because right now it's Barcelona, whether we like it or not, we have to show. Because I mean, an El Clasico will always be an El Clasico. You know, so that's that's the one downside to it. And you can always, you know, trust our staff players also to show up, you know, in the fixtures that matter the most. That's why I, I am kind of a. Oh, it's a double-edged sword. Obviously, it's Barcelona, so it's not an easy game. But I just know that at least you know we will go down by you know giving a fight. You know, as, as compared to if it was you know against us, you know maybe I bet you prove it. So. Right, of course. And one thing is that like uh, like before before we like get into the details of the match, uh, what would you like to happen in this uh, upcoming fixture? Like, would you prefer to get a comfortable win? And then for the second leg, it's gonna be you know we're gonna of course struggle because we will play defensively, we will play not on the right foot. So, or would you prefer to get pretty much a nil-nil draw or maybe even a one-nil defeat? 
I mean, if I mean, the question is quite vague, so I'm just gonna put it vague as well. If we can score infinity to zero, man, I am fine. Let's score till even the scoreboard cannot take the numbers anymore. I mean, the point is, as a Real Madrid fan who started watching in 2007, 2008, I have seen a lot of garbage, man. I mean, we've seen the 6-2, we've seen the 5 nil, we've seen the 4 nil, you know. And the point is, whatever happens, we've not, I, at least I haven't watched more than a 3-1, you know, on my side. Yeah. I haven't watched more than a 3-1 in a single game, you know, in favor of Real Madrid. So, I would want that. And also, you know, considering the fact that we're gonna okay. Obviously, the Liverpool tie is, I mean, 99.9% finished, but then it's football, you know, that 0.1% always remains you know, a possibility. I would love us to have a comfortable victory here, so at least we can rest our players, you know, uh, 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 you know, the rest of the fixtures in La Liga and you know, towards the games in, in Europe as well. But I would want to see a victory, man. I mean, it doesn't really matter like how marginal or how you know the victories, I would just want to see a victory. And, you know, especially as we said earlier, like, the absence of, you know, the, 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 the dynamic duo in midfield of Pedri and Galbi, I think uh, it's a time, you know, to, to stamp our authority in midfield, honestly. I think, uh, and as we know, like, whenever our midfield performs, we perform. That's one thing, you know. Whenever the midfield ticks, like, we, we usually are our decent best, so I really would love to see, you know, a very comfortable victory at the Bernabeu on Thursday. All right. Farif, uh, after this, can you try adjusting your mic or trying speaking up? Like, sometimes it's uh, a bit muddled, but other times it's fine. Oh, really? Oh, I don't know. Not so good. Yeah, people. Like, uh. Anyways, uh, like Farouk said, it's the right time to go for the kill against Barcelona because uh, they are missing. They have their own list of injury woes, uh, especially with uh, Lewandowski also missing out with a hamstring problem. And once again, like uh, one more player that we seldom talk about nowadays is Ansu Fati. So he is also having his own injury troubles and just ha- not, not having him fully match fit is going to be like a really important thing for us, especially in these types of do or die uh, club uh, uh, cup games. So, yeah, Farouk, uh, can you still hear me? Or... Yeah, man, I can hear. I don't know if you can hear me now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mike is perfect now. Or good or... Actually, uh, there was a the 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 uh, the stuff wasn't actually recognizing the mic, so actually it was using the default mic, which I was uh, which I'm a bit far away from, and the stuff. But thanks for you know the the the, the reminder there. Yeah, I heard yep. I heard you were talking about Ansu Fati, right? Yep. Oh, I mean, could you repeat what you said, please? <laughs> of Keep course, sorry. So I was talking about how. And Sufati is also like just coming into match fitness. He's similar to, uh, I would say, in Rodrigo's uh, space in this particular match because Rodrigo is also no- just nursing an injury and then he's just started training. And Sufati has not started training yet, although he might make it for the Clasico because they are light on uh, center forwards at the moment, of course, with the Lewandowski missing. So do you think like uh, if Ansufati is fit, he's going to have an important role in this match? Uh, I think so. I think uh, also let's not forget about uh, Ferran Torres. I don't know if Ferran Torres is, uh, should be fit or not. But yes. Ferran Torres also is, a, is... So Ferran Torres is also someone I think that considering if he's fit, I think you might want to play him through the center forward. Although like we know Ferran Torres is a very prolific, you know, uh, he's, 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 you know, he has a tendency of missing a lot of chances here and there. So I think, you know, because of the... Already we know Usman Dembele is out, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Dembele is not going to make the game. So, 
well, that's I think that's a big miss already, you know. And also with the injury to Lewandowski, I think it uh, asks Xavi to you know tinker through his lineup and see what's what's not. And normally I would assume that he's gonna pack his midfield in that place, you know, to the at least because he's losing the the the, the presence of a striker like Lewandowski. But even to pack his midfield, he doesn't have the you know the personnel right now because also as we mentioned, two of the you know of the of the starters are out. So. It's gonna be interesting to see what he comes up with, but I'm, I'm, you know, rather than Ansu Fati, I'm, you know, leaning towards, you know, a player like, uh, like, uh, Ferran Torres, most likely. I don't know if, uh, I will be right or wrong, but I think Ansu Fati might, you know, be brought on in the second half to, you know, cause some damage, you know, especially when maybe if the game is still like a nil-nil or a one-nil, and you know, Lira Morita going for the kill and something like that, you know, uh, the pace and trickery of Ansu Fati, you know could cause a lot of damage and harm, you know, uh, during those phases as well. Yeah, like, uh, the thing with Ansu Fati is that he doesn't need to do all of those tricks. Uh, he's pretty much like Rodrigo. He just sometimes pops in at the right time, and then that's where our defenders really struggle. You know, they're really good at one-on-ones, but with, when it comes to marking, like, these really tricky players, uh, I don't know, man. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's that's true. Like you're very valid as well. Like Ansu Fati also has that knack of you know popping in with a goal here and there. You know, like being in the right place at the right time. And as we've said earlier, like you know, our defenders has this tendency to you know uh, lose their markers. You know, have a brain fart and what is and what is not. So it's possible. I mean, honestly, Ansu Fati is a very very you know smart and intelligent player. It's just a, it's a shame that you know uh, he's always been you know uh, injured here and there. So I mean. It just goes to show you the level of, you know, how much you have to appreciate these players who are very consistent, you know, year in, year out, what they've been doing, you know, so consistently, you know, it's not easy to even just maintain, you know, full fitness is something. And as we've seen with Ansu Fati, he's been, you know, injury after injury. Uh, it's, 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 it's really a sad case, unfortunately. Yeah, but we've seen the story before, right, with uh, Dembele. So he, in the first few seasons, he was constantly injured. He couldn't get any sort of uh, rhythm going, but... Once he did, like it took a couple of years, but once he finally figured it out, once he got some man management behind him in the form of Xavi, like he really blossomed. Like, do you see like uh, that trajectory happening for Ansuvati as well? Oh, uh, I mean, the point is, yeah, that could be as well. You know, uh, as you said, like Ansuvati is still quite young. Let's not forget that. You know, so uh, he could still, you know, muscle up. You know, find the right fitness coach or right. You know, I don't know. Uh, get the right people around him and he could still, you know, uh, come back. And uh, I mean, the point is, he's been given the number in Jersey or Barcelona, so like the club must be really convinced, you know, by 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 his talent, his skills, and his temperament, most importantly. So I want to believe that uh, with time, you know, the when his body develops, you know, and becomes stronger and, you know, he understands the game better, you know, he might be able to take care of his body and, you know, uh, and what's he called? Uh, and come back even stronger. But the point is, we've seen a lot of cases, you know. For example, I would just pinpoint to Jack Wilshere of Arsenal, like, he got injured, I think, twice or three times. And unfortunately, you know, uh, that, that's mental, you know, it takes a lot of mental strength, you know, to to to, to come back, honestly. And for Ansu Fati, it's been, I think, two injuries, if I'm not back, if I'm not mistaken, two back-to-back uh, two major I think, injuries. long-term injuries. Exactly, yep. two long-term injuries. So it's, it's, it's not easy. Because for one thing we've always seen about Usman Dembele is that, Usman Dembele wasn't injured. Usman Dembele, okay, he was injured, but it was a kind of injuries that Hazard had because he wasn't looking after himself, you know. It was like, okay, uh, your muscles, muscle fatigue, hamstrings, muscle fatigue, hamstrings, you know, these kind of things. Uh, I think it's until recently that actually Usman Dembele had a very, very serious injury. Uh, yeah. 
But for Ansu Fati, you know, it's just, he's just been unfortunate about, you know, that like uh, injuries are very, very unfortunate part of the game. They're byproducts of the game. There's nothing you can do about this. But yeah, man, I mean, we're rivals, but I want, you know, I want even him to come and be good so, you know, we can create that, that, that sense of, you know, uh, of rivalry that we had with Cristiano and Messi, you know, the Lewandowski, the Benzema, the Bills and Neymar, you know, that period was, was the golden age. And that's just because, you know, you have two team performance at their apexes, you know, so I would really love to see Ivan Sufati and I wish him all the best, you know, in, in his football and career. And not just, you know, on Thursday, but after that, he can, you know, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> uh, good point, Father. Uh, and also, like, uh, one thing that stood out for me in these past few, uh, maybe a couple of months even for Barcelona is that uh, they have a been on a downward trend, especially in Europe. Like they've not seen been confident whenever they lose any sort of important player. When they have a, their whole squad left, they're a pretty strong team. But just looking at it, like uh, we have the luxury of saying, hey, uh, even if Benzema goes out for the season or his uh, his form appears to dwindle, we know for a fact that they they can probably get a really good attacker. But that is not the reality for them. Like. Uh, they have failed to qualify for the UCL. They haven't gotten any new funds in. Like, how many levers more can they pull? Uh, so, they're pretty much stuck with the same front 11, uh, starting 11, I would say. Uh, do you see the same Barcelona team dominating in the next season as well? I mean, the point is, uh, let's not forget this. Like, they added Lewandowski in the offseason. Let's not forget this. And I think... Uh, you know, I think Lewandowski also, you know, changes the, the 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 landscape of the team because I think Lewandowski is a man who is not, you know, he's not 25, he's not 24, so he's there for the now and the here. You understand? And I feel like, you know, one thing that Barcelona has been lacking always is that, you know, as I've said before, is that uh, which I think Xavi is grad- gradually installing again in the team is that, you know, that grit to win when you know all the chips are down. You know, for example, I don't know if you saw the United game, but. The first half, like Barcelona, should have been out of sight, you know. Yeah. And it comes to the second half, and you know, all of a sudden, you know, they crumble under the pressure, you know. So, I mean, Europe. I don't know if Barcelona we can still compete in Europe at this point in time, or if they will, because I think it's not just about their team. Because honestly, Barcelona are much more better than teams like Benfica and uh, and Dynamo Kiev and so on and so forth. So, like, they should be, you know. I mean, even I would say they are better than Inter Milan, you know. They should yeah. be proceeding in groups like this. So I think that's you know more about a mental thing or what is or what is not. But one thing that I would say is that like in La Liga, Barcelona will not go away, irrespective of you know the presence of Lewandowski or like thereof. I don't think uh, Barcelona would go away, and uh, I think that yeah, they will still you know continue to you know to their presence will come. I mean, for example, you can see Aubameyang came to Barcelona last season for the last six months, and like yeah. you could see how good he was, you know. So. That's the thing, like, you know, that, that Barcelona in the league is a whole different ballgame, honestly. But when it comes to Europe, I just still feel like, you know, the presence of Lewandowski and if they can get, you know, uh, if they can get one key addition, you know, in the summer, I think, uh, I think maybe a fullback, honestly, I think, because if I'm not mistaken, you know, uh, Kundi and Arau have, you know, taken turns playing as a right back for Barcelona this year. I think if they can, you know, get that one good fullback as well to add to the, you know, to give additional width to the team. I think that might that, that that might change a lot of things for them, honestly. But I think you know the presence of Lewandowski would eventually uh, push them over the line in Europe. Only you know they will eventually you know uh, get past the hurdle of that group stage and you know uh, come back to competing. Because I believe uh, I want to believe that if Barcelona get past the group stage, uh, that you know that's 
feeling of the champions, they will return to the team and, you know, they will, under, they will understand the position and, you know, realize the duties once again. Exactly. Well, uh, like you mentioned, the Manchester United game as well. Like, were you impressed with the performance of Kessier? Because has, has he been able to carry the team so far in the absence of maybe Pedri or Kavi? I wouldn't see that much, honestly. I wouldn't see that much, honestly, to be honest. I wouldn't see I've been that impressed with Frank Casey, honestly. But one thing I would say also is that Frank Casey actually is a bit different to what uh, Barcelona is playing with, with in Gavi and Predio. I mean, anyone who sees Gavi will know that Gavi is, you know, uh, he's both a mixture of the tiki taka and, you know, the aggression as well. And honestly, like Frank Casey also is a very fine passer of the ball. But I kind of think just like, uh, I personally believe that the system that Barcelona plays is not the most suiting for Frank Casey, honestly. And uh, I'm not surprised to see that there are a lot of rumors linking him with a move away from Barcelona in the summer. And I mean, let's not forget he's a free transfer and Casey is just 26, if I'm not mistaken. So he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna have, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, he's going to fetch Barcelona some couple of euros on the market as well. So yeah, I think uh, I've not been really impressed with Frank Casey. So I think I personally think it's just a mismatch, misfit of a player. So I think uh, maybe a, a move away, you know, maybe back to Italy, you know, would, would do him a lot of good or even, I don't know, even maybe the Premier League as well, you know, uh, it might do him a lot of good as well. Yeah, but uh, we have seen these type of players kind of flourish in Barcelona, right? With the Arthur Davidals, the Polinios, the guy who's on the edge of the box always and he always gets to the headers or to finish off the end of moves. Uh, but with Cassier, like, uh, I've noticed that he doesn't get into a lot of attacking positions. Like he tries to combine with others at the edge of the box rather than get into the box. Well, uh, that's 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 a very good point, you know, with the likes of Paulinho and uh, and 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 uh, Arturo Villar, honestly. Well, I kind of think like you know the the thing is that when you check when both Paulinho and Arturo Vidal were playing for Barcelona, you know, there was a different style of play there. I don't know if you could. I mean, Paulinho was under was under Ernesto Valverde, and Valverde almost, you know. Uh, bypass the midfield. I don't know if you could recall, like they almost bypassed the midfield and they were just playing. I mean, back then on the Valverde, it was just Messi and Ter Stegen, you know? Yes. It was Messi and Ter Stegen and sometimes, you know, Suarez decides to show up or not, you know, that that, that was something and Usman Dembele was always like, was never even in the team then, you know, he wasn't even something to talk about. So yeah, I think, you know, back then because of the bypass that midfield, you know, it gave, I think, Paulino a lot of license, you know, to push up forward, you know, and and be, you know, on the edge of whatever comes out of the box and, you know, uh, be able to attack that, similar to Arturo Vidal as well. But I think right now, like, uh, Barcelona are still there, you know, that are, are going back to that midfield-centric kind of play. So that doesn't allow a player like Frank Casey that much freedom, in my opinion, at least, that he would, like, as much as he would like to, you know, have, uh, or as much as we have seen at clubs like uh, AC Milan before, you know, he came here. Exactly. That's a really good point for me. Yeah, uh, that that may be the reason why he always has to stay at the edge of the box, trying to combine with players rather than head into the box himself. Because this Barcelona team are so yeah. dependent on their midfield to create the chances, especially with like Usmane and uh, other people out as well. Like it's going to be really hard for them. So yeah, let's hope uh, all of these absences work out for us. So do you have anything else to like uh, talk about Barcelona specifically, or should we like uh, head into general stuff and Real Madrid? I mean, the point is honestly, like, uh, this is the time, you know, to, 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 at least in my opinion, you know, you asked me earlier before, what am I looking forward to see, you know, in the game? 
this is the time honestly to exploit Barcelona, you know, really. Uh, this 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 is the time, you know, uh, this is the time to 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 make them feel the pressure. This is the time to go for the jugular, honestly, because I personally think like, you know, after what happened in Saudi Arabia in the final of the Super Cup, you know, we should be seeking revenge. And I mean, this is a wounded Barcelona, in my opinion, you know, without Pedri, without Gavi, without uh, Lewandowski, you know. This is the time to unleash our players, you know, to give them. Because the point is, I can just imagine myself, you know, watching players like, you know, Kamavinga, Fede Valverde, Luka Modric, Tony Cruz, drawn ragged in this midfield, honestly, you know. Because I think, you know, the athleticism and the energy of Kamavinga and, and Fede Valverde, you know, coupled with the brains and intelligence of Luka Modric and Tony Cruz, I think it's it's going to be outrageous in this game, honestly. And, you know, considering the shield of, uh, of Tramani as well. So I think this is this this is that time you know to go for a juggle against Barcelona. And I have said earlier, like if our midfield ticks, we usually tick. Honestly, yeah. that's just what it's been. So I think uh, this is the time to do that. Honestly, but yeah, I really just hope like you know uh, we don't have the same mistake against Barcelona as we uh, as the Super Cup because honestly, against the Super Cup, in the Super Cup, sorry, it seemed like our players were confused and we didn't know what to do or what not to do. You know, so. I hope uh, we can hit, we can get it right because it's it's pertinent to get it right this time, honestly, because we play Barcelona three times, I think, in the space of a month, and those three times, honestly, can you know determine the, the, what's going to happen for us domestically, you know. So uh, I really hope uh, we start on the right foot, honestly. Not just on the right foot, like we need to make have a major blow against him so that it leaves no room for like any sort of error in the second leg. Then we know the, how fragile this Barcelona team are. Like, if he can get really two convincing trees in the Copa del Rey, like the La Liga picture is going to be a piece of cake as well, I would say. Hopefully. Actually, you know, the La Liga picture is sandwiched actually between the oh. two pictures. Like, oh, we are, wow. we're going to play the first leg against Barca, and then we're going to go to the Camp Nou to play the first leg. But, uh, sorry, to play the game, the second leg of the league game. And then again, we go to the Camp Nou again to play the second leg of the Cup game. Oh wow, that, that's gonna be <laughs> so. So we, think... we have two back, we have two back to back away away fixtures actually. So that's why getting this right at home is really really important. Exactly. So hopefully, like a big victory, and then they will probably crumble in La Liga as well if they are missing all of these players again. Let's hope, man. Let's hope. I mean, they were missing Lewandowski and you know Gavi and Pedri for you know separate moments across the you know the, the 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 span of the season but so far so good they're still seven points ahead honestly so i think uh the the absences wouldn't rattle them too much in my opinion especially when it comes to la liga i think okay here and there you know they're gonna struggle here and there but the point is uh when you watch barcelona this season which i have said uh earlier is that they have the mark of champions honestly because i can pinpoint you five six seven games where Barcelona literally won by hanging on a trade, you know. But that's the hallmark of a champion, you know, the fact, the ability, you know, to, 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 to you know, walk through fire and be unburned, you know. That's that's the thing, you know, like to show the, you know, that that's, that's resolve, you know, that ability to win games even when you're down. So, yeah, that's that's the thing, honestly. So, I don't really think that I still, you know, maintain my stance that I think La Liga is gone. But the point is Barcelona has given us a li- lifeline by not capitalizing on the draw we had. So, yeah, let's see how it goes. Come on, Farouk. Seven points is just a few points. Let's go get them. <laughs> I mean, if we win, fine. We we enjoy it. But other than that, 
I ain't got nothing to say, man, honestly. Like, I'm not expecting, so even if it doesn't happen, I don't get disappointed. That's like, when you know when you set the bar so low, you're good to go, man. If something happens, <laughs> then you're happy. If it doesn't happen, then you're already not expecting anything, so it's all good. Yep. It's a good way to live life. All right. Uh, but just to get into how we are arriving to this game. So we have been unbeaten in maybe six games, I believe, uh, so far. And especially at home, we've had six straight... Uh, uh, no, we haven't lost in six straight games, so that's a pretty good thing, I guess. And uh, especially with all of our players coming back, I would say the only dark lining of this past week has been like the draw that we could have actually put the game to bed in the first half. That is one thing, but the other major talking point for that game was the refereeing. So with Jill Manzano, as usual, stealing the spotlight. Uh, do you actually feel like, as an unbiased person, like do you think he's a Real Madrid fan? I mean, anyone who's watching is going to say that because, I mean, honestly, I think even uh, every Real Madrid fan I have spoken to, I don't think anyone actually says that's a red card. I haven't seen someone who said that's a red card. But the point is this, you know, uh, I can, on the other hand, I can try to understand what he's trying to say. But the point is, Korea gave him a decision to make hmm. by throwing his elbow, you know, and this is, you know, uh, something that he saw live and direct. You understand? Yep. So for him, you know, he just assumes that that's a violent conduct, you know. And also the way, you know, Tony Rudiger, you know, just, you know, memorized the situation, you know. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was quite interesting, but it wasn't a red card in my opinion, but. I would, you know, understand the reason why he also gave the red card, but I thought it was a very soft red card. And uh, VAR and lack thereof, I don't know, because, you know, the arm was visibly, you know, outswung. So they might say, okay, the contact might be minimal, you know. The contact might be minimal. The player might have made a meal of it. But this uh, Korea still gave Gil Manzano a decision to make, you know. You shouldn't give the ref a decision to make. And most, you know... Uh, 70 80 percent out of 100 that's going to be a red card if he blows for a foul there it's most likely going to be a red card you understand the point is i don't know how you know uh what went through korea's mind but i feel like he made a mistake there and obviously Rudig also made a meal out of it and the point is even with the one-man advantage we still couldn't do jack shit so it is what it is yeah man and one thing is like the atletico camp they were all arguing saying that Rudig was was so tall that Korea couldn't possibly have damaged him. Like, how can it be a violent misconduct? Uh, but the fact is that, like, that doesn't give uh, small players any sort of, like, license to go out against big players, right? So they were all arguing against the wrong thing, uh, the wrong argument, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, you know, there was a Simeone gesture of, you know, he's this and Korea is this. How is that yeah. possible, you know, and stuff like that. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Like, you know, the swing of the arm is the swing of the arm. So it doesn't really, you know, matter the height, as you said, or the physical size. So that doesn't give you a license if you're a small person or a big person, you know, to just go out, you know, kicking and, you know, throwing your arms around. So, yeah, it is, uh, it, it was, a, it was indeed, you know, an interesting one. But it was a very soft red card that if I had, if it was against us, I am sure we would sit down here and be cursing well, like if that, you know, gave us that red ball. Yeah. Uh, Tony Rudiger made, uh, made, they made the, I mean, the point is, we still, you know, 
you go back to the game, you know, and you're okay, speaking of Tony Rudiger, like, I just remember, like, we still are in the game, you know, we got back in the game by, you know, this wonderful youngster who came on and equalized. But even after then, even Morata had one, one ounce of brain in his head, he won a penalty in the 90-plus minute because Militao was all over him. Yep. If he had just one ounce of brain in his head, that was a penalty for Atleti. You know? So that's the thing. Like, you know, these are small margins, honestly. These are very small margins. But that's, you know, that's what we do, unfortunately. You know, like, we, we, we just, you know, we come here and then. Yeah, one way or another, we just find ourselves standing. How are we even standing? We also don't even know. <laughs> Totally. Like, would you say uh, we were like really lucky to come out with a point, or should we should we have just like capitalized on the good first half and then put the game to bed? Uh, I would say yeah, we were lucky to come out with a point in my opinion because the point is this: Atleti, you know, went ten men down, and they scored to become one 0 so yeah. I felt it was going to be a very difficult game from there, considering the fact that, you know, both Vini and Benz weren't, you know, performing to, not even their optimum, to even their average, you know. They weren't performing even to their average. So I would say, personally, for me, I felt it was, you know, one-point gain rather than three-point loss. True, man. And, of course, uh, heading into this game, uh, we don't have Alaba or Mendy, but possibly Rodrigo could be back. Uh, maybe take, do you think uh, things would have gone differently if Rodrigo had started instead of Asensio? Because you know he can ta- hug that right hand side more and put in those wonderful crosses. Actually, I really don't uh, care about if Rodrigo had started or if he had come at the end. The bottom line is we missed Rodrigo. You know, it doesn't really matter because the point is, as we said, you know, in that I think it was 68 minute or six. I don't know whatever the minute was when. I mean, I will still go back and name check when they were bringing him to many. That wasn't the sub, you know. The sub was for a winger, honestly. And we had no winger, so we had to, you know, restock our midfield again. So we definitely missed, you know, that that decisiveness of Rodrigo, you know. And let's not forget, even in the in the Copa game, you know, we were one nil down from the Morata goal, right? I mean, Rodrigo channeled his inner Ronaldo, you know, the OG Ronaldo, and he did what what the Lima Ronaldo does, man, you know. That's a move like out of the Delima Ronaldo textbook. So, yeah. So it was. It was. We missed Rodrigo definitely. Like the decisiveness, especially what he's shown. You know, in the in the previous weeks. You know, coming into this game. I mean, even if he had a bit of a down game, I would say a down game because he didn't score against Liverpool. You know, but he's. You know, he's. 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 His his form has been really good, and you know, his decisiveness has shown over the past couple of weeks. So, one hundred percent. You know, with Rodrigo there, I think the results could have been different. Well, yeah, man. Let's hope uh, he can at least make like a cameo in the second half, where we are in a good spot because uh, he still probably is in match fit, so we probably shouldn't expect him to start. Yeah. But you know, again, it's uh, uh, Carlos. So if someone can walk, someone crucial can walk, they can probably play as well. Yeah, that's that's the thing, man. Honestly, that's that's one thing. But I want to assume that you know the. This, you know, the number of games we have coming, and given the fact that obviously, like, I personally I have given up on La Liga, but I want to believe that you know, these people are professionals and they're being paid to do this, so they haven't given up on the league yet. You know, they most likely will still think they can do it. So, I think like Carlo will be willing, you know, would like, would like to, you know, uh, keep his players fresh and fit and you know, not just uh, rush. The- I mean, obviously, we've rushed Karim Benzema a lot of times ahead of schedule, but 
for Rodrigo, I think uh, it's it's more it's a bit of a different case because you can still play Asensio and you can even choose to play Felipe Valverde, you know, on the wing as well. So yeah, I think uh, as you said, like uh, a cameo in the second half makes a lot more sense. Cool, man. And I guess uh, should we like head into the lineups first, or because uh, maybe just heading into the game, we had one more really stupid kind of news which I didn't really want to bring up. Which is that uh, Alaba's uh, votings for the best were revealed, and the people got really mad for nothing. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, man. Like, I mean, people will be stupid. Stupid people will be stupid people. I mean, that's 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 the case. Like, the thing I always don't understand is, you know, we live in such a world whereby people lose their jobs because they comment on nail polish, lipsticks, because these are like, you know, these are I don't know, like these are. These are, I don't know, infringements, like you infringe, you know, someone's personal space and this and that, you know, this is what happens in, in the real world, you know, and then some people just decide that, okay, this is someone I don't know, he doesn't know me, I'm just going to sit down, you know, and just, you know, wish that on his family or on his kids, you know, abuse his race, you know, this and that, I mean, things don't make sense, and people don't even go to the bottom of the, you know, of the story, and which otherwise, you know, has explained that, the point is, He's a national, he's a captain of Austria, fine and good, but he doesn't make the decision as, you know, as a single dictatorship. No, all the players who are part of the squad make a vote and he just, you know, tallies the highest vote and he votes according to the votes that has been given to him. I okay. mean, that's, that makes a lot of sense. It's simple, you know, it's straightforward, but unfortunately, you know, like uh, we live in an age with a lot of stupid people, man. I mean, people are really, really stupid and dumb. But I mean, on the on the on the on the bright side, you know, today I saw like uh, uh, one of the guys who abused uh, Vini, I think at Mallorca, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, was fined four thousand euros and was banned from football for a whole year. I think that's 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 I think I, that's one positive thing finally. At least you know where where people are starting to get to be held accountable one way or another. So, yeah, that's 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 one positive thing there. So. It is what yeah. it is, honestly. Like it's sad to see these things. Honestly, it's really sad because this footballers eventually are like human beings as well. But people are so stupid and dumb that you know they will just say what they will say, man. That's the thing they will say. It's it's sad, honestly. But it is what it is, unfortunately. Yep. I guess uh, let's get into the lineups then. Like, uh, who do you see us starting on the front line? Oh. Uh, I will go Vini, uh, Benzema, and uh, and Fede Valverde. Because I think, uh, as I said, like we just have to you know dominate that total midfield. You know, don't give uh, Frankie De Jong and Sergio be the time to think or anything. So I think one thing is uh, similar to the game against Liverpool. You know, that mobility, that aggressiveness, that energy in the middle of the park, it's gonna overwhelm both Frankie De Jong and and, and Sergio Busquets, in my opinion. So and and whoever plays along with them, which maybe Frank Casey or if they go with a different system altogether, I don't know. So I feel like you know that's 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 something very important. So I think you know the presence of uh, Fede on the wing is gonna give us a lot of you know uh, uh, how should I say? Will give us a lot of uh, penetration and aggressiveness, you know, in my opinion, across the forward line. Uh, if Rodrigo was fit, I would have gone with Rodrigo, but I don't want to go with Asensio in this because Asensio, you know, will. Kind of slow the game down if I if that's the right word to use. Like, I mean, it's no detriment to him. This is what he offers, but I just kind of feel like uh, we need a different approach in this game, honestly. Exactly, and one more thing is to notice that uh, is Balde playing? Do you know? If 
Baldi has been playing for Barcelona, I think. He's, he, he, he's been there, here and there. Yeah, and it's just that uh, Marcus Alonso has been playing in a couple of big games, especially in the Europa, and, you know, that's not really been good for them. So, especially if Baldi uh, does start, which he probably will, uh, Carvajal is going to need a lot of help defending that flag, and it's going to be crucial for Valverde to be up on the wings. So, yeah, I feel like that's a shoe-in position for them as well. So, it's probably going to be, like you said, I mean, if I'm mistaken, Baldi played in the game against United as well. I remember that Baldi was in the second leg against United. Mm. I remember he was there. So, uh, <clears throat> but you're right. You know, even I, I was reading on the internet uh, over the weekend, and you know, people were blaming uh, what's he called, the Spanish guy, uh, Alonso, Eric Garcia, oh. Eric Garcia for you know the for for the loss against uh, against Almeria. And I think Garcia doesn't start, but if he starts, man, I'll be licking my fingers, man. So <laughs> that's 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 you know that's 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 something honestly. So it's it's let's I don't know. It also depends on how they approach the game. But I wanna assume that you know either Baldi or, or, or Jordi Alba are gonna start the game rather than you know Marcos Alonso. Uh because I think Marcos Alonso is a player who is more suited to uh a wing back position rather than a full back position. So I think if he plays there, it's, he's going to leave a lot of space for our attackers to exploit. So I think he's he's most likely going to go with either Baldi or Jordi Alba for this game, in my opinion. And of course, like uh, Valverde turns into a different beast, doesn't he? Again, in these El Clasicos, he always seems to bump forward exactly. a lot more. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, these are the games he loves, actually. These are the games he loves and thrives in. So that's why you know I would really want him to 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 start the game. You know, honestly, especially on the wing, which. Uh, it gives him a bit more freedom also in the attacking tour as well, you know, uh, to get the chance, you know, to, to be in the right position to, you know, to pull the trigger for one of, you know, his famous rockets. Hopefully we can get another one against Barcelona again. Oh, heck yeah. All right, I guess uh, that's it for the front line then. Uh, so uh, maybe like uh, one more thing to discuss for the front line is, do you see maybe if we are kind of winning, do you see an Al- Alvaro uh, appearance again in the second half? I mean, irrespective of who we know, we losing. I'm expecting to see Alvaro want uh, for some, you know, for some cameo here and there. So, I mean, these are the games you you wanna you wanna play in eventually. These are the games where you wanna you know develop that. And he started, you know, he's shown really good, you know, uh, cameos. You know, for one of the game, it was two assists. One was cancelled, and you know, in the at least for the for the Madrid star, you know, for someone who was born in Madrid, the biggest game of all, it's a derby against Atletico. You know, so uh, he came and he showed his worth. So. I want to assume that, you know, and because I have said this, like, I don't really see a path, you know, or rather a blueprint for the youngsters to to to, to jump from Casilla to the first team. But I think uh, Alvaro actually has, uh, has you know, the, the, the number of Carlo right now. I think he's, he's one Carlo over and I think, you know, uh, he's, he's here to stay. So I, I will be expecting to see a cameo from Alvaro as well in, in, uh, in this game. Hopefully, like, the whole... Pressure is not on him when he does come on, and he just has a couple of good sequences and maybe even score. Like that would be cool, right? Yeah, like, I, I mean, I definitely, definitely. I really hope that you know we are not bringing him in on because we are you know in search of a do or die goal. I hope we you know we're bringing him on in in a, in in a more you know suitable situation in a you know in a less hostile situation as well, because as we know, like you know. Uh, if you bring him on into a pressure cooker, anything can happen. Imagine if he misses a very big chance, you know, that's also going to be, you know, his confidence in the garbage, you know, and with how we know how stupid fans can be, you know, he's just a young person, but 
they will all just go online into his box and say jack shit about nonsense, you know, and that's really a, a confidence killing, you know, uh, machine as well. So uh, I really hope we can bring him in a more, you know, suitable environment in a more less calm environment so he can thrive, you know, because honestly, it's easy to play for a winning team. It's so, so easy to play for a winning team. Honestly, it's, you know, when the chips are down, you know, that's, that's, that's when you actually know who is who. And uh, at this point in time, like, we don't need to discover that about Alvaro just yet. He is the man. Perfect. All right. And uh, should we head to the midfield? So, like we saw against Atletico, we have a lot of options there. But, of course, we are saying that uh, Wilbert is going to play on the right wing. So, that maybe leaves yeah. us with just a few more options. Just five options to choose from. So, who are you going to pick for this match? I mean, we have five options, but I want to think realistically Ceballos isn't part of them. So, I think we have four options there. It's either you play Kamavinga or you play either Tony Cruz or Lokomotiv because I think Chouamé starts this game 100%. I think it's Chouam. In my opinion, I think it's a Chouamani cross and uh, Luka Modric game, honestly. But, I mean, Kamavinga also could, you know, be, be thrown in alongside, you know, uh, Chouamani and Luka Modric. Uh, because I don't know if Tony Cross will also play the game as well. I don't know, because he started the game against, uh, against Atletico. And we know he's just recently returned from an illness as well. So, you know, uh, Carlo might want to, might wanna, you know, please uh, ease him back into the whole team. So that might be something, but otherwise, I personally would go, with, you know, with uh, Chouamani, Carl, uh, sorry, Chouamani, uh, Tony Cross, Cross and, and Luca Modric. Cross. Yeah. I yeah, mean, exactly. here's my problem with that lineup. In the like, second half. Or yeah, second half we can bring people on, but like Farouk, like what I'm thinking is, if we decide to go out and press Barcelona, like uh, I feel like having Kamavinga there instead of uh, Chouamani would help us a lot because Chouamani is someone who doesn't like, you know go all out there unless he has a lot of cover he doesn't bomb forward as much as Kamavinga and if we do decide to press like his energy like Kamavinga's energy is going to be so crucial that's a very good point honestly like Kamavinga's energy is going to be so crucial but I think like you know you still need that shield because Kamavinga I feel like you know if he plays as a six you know the profile of what you're asking him is different for when he plays as an eight you know so I think even if come up, I would still put, you know, Tramani as a six, honestly. And I would prefer, you know, to have Kamavinga as an eight because, you know, that energy possible. Because I think we've seen, like, I can't recall the game, but there was a game which he was very good as a six. Mm. Uh, what's he called? But, but, but the, then, then that attacking presence, that, you know, line bursting runs, you know, was limited because he has a duty to cover the back four, you know, which is the primary sure. duty of a, of, a, of a six first. So I would, you know, prefer to see him uh, as an eight, you know, having the shield of, you know, Tramani behind him. So I would love to see that. But on the other hand, as I said, like, you know, uh, I still think, you know, because as we've seen, even against Liverpool, like, you know, Luka Modric was, 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 was quite, you know, energetic also, you know, breaking through the lines and what is and what is not. So I still, you know, think that, you know, bringing on Kamavinga in the 68 minutes for Tony Cross or something like that, you know, would, uh, would make a lot of sense and to also inject a lot of, you know, because I think, you know, when you start the game at first, it's a classical, it's a high, you know, high tension game. So you want to feel each other out, you know, and honestly, during that fill out period, you want, you know, the calmest heads on the pitch and, you know, you can get more than, you know, uh, Cross and Modric about that. So at least, you know, as the game builds on, then, you know, you can throw on the chaos of, you know, of Kamavinga as well into the mix. Exactly. Yeah, that seems like a sound plan and it's probably what uh, Ancelotti is thinking as well. 
but uh, we've all, we've seen this in most games, right? We uh, always bring off Tony Cruz, uh, and people seem to like when things are not going well. We always seem to say, hey, like Cruz's time has been gone. He hasn't performed like really well. Like, do you feel like that's still the case at this time of the season? Because at the start of the season, Tony Cruz was probably having the like the time of his life. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, that's the thing. Like, uh, let's not forget this. It's not about Tony Cruz only anymore. Even since the post World Cup, like a lot of players have had a lot of bad games, you know. And uh, after a while, I think Tony Cruz, Tony Cruz was injured, if I'm not mistaken, and then he came back and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean. It's not just him, and it's very easy for people, you know, to pile on a player like Tony Cross because he looks so immobile, you know, and he looks like a player who, you know, needs all the time in the world to make decisions and this and that. But honestly, when you look closely, you know, uh, you actually realize that it's not necessarily so honestly. Like, obviously, yeah, he takes time to make decisions and this and this and that. But eventually, those brains will always, you know, in my opinion, will always, you know, outrun the muscles and the athleticism, you know, honestly. Like, I would always choose to have, you know, uh, a very intelligent player like Tony Cross on my team, like Dan, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, just Dan to have, you know, just muscles and, you know, and, and, and speed, honestly. So, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, and also, like, you know, because of the high standards that these players have set, so it's, you know, easy to notice, you know, the the the, the drop in their forms and what is and what is not. But, but I have said, like, honestly, like, I am, I will still, you know, give these people, uh, give the people the, the, the chance, you know, to, to, to regain that full match fitness and rhythm. Because honestly, it's not easy, you know, when especially you come to that age, you know, that that uh, you, you're you going with the flow, you know. Once you get into the rhythm, then, you know, you just keep balling and balling and balling. But it's not easy, you know, to go on and off, on and off, injured, not injured, injured, not injured. So, yeah, I mean, with a couple of games and getting back to full match fitness, I would expect, you know, Tony Cross to be back to his normal self. And especially, like, uh, this is where uh, the arrival of uh, Chaumeni is also going to be so important because... Like, if you put Tony Cruz in that sixth position, like, most of the chances we concede are going to be him, like, missing his marker, running into the box. But yep. if he has if he yep. has that defensive yep. power, that that gives Tony Cruz so much more freedom to, you know, pick his passes and do damage, like, whatever. Even in the Atletico game, like, we saw in the times that he did decide to bomb forward, he was so dangerous. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing, honestly. You know, like, that's... You rightly pointed it, you know, like playing at the six. I don't know why it's so, but a lot of people, you know, try to envision Cross as a six. But I just see that honestly, he is not, you know. And playing him there, like, is just a waste of his talents and also, you know, a waste on the team as well. Because honestly, like, you could see that, okay, he tries his best, you know, to do that. But honestly, like, in most games, you know, more often than not, you can see that he really struggles as a six. And, you know, he tries to, you know, be here and there, here and there, and here and there. And he's not just suitable for that, honestly. And, that also takes away from, you know, that uh, playmaking ability of Tony Cross itself, you know. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, those passes, you know, the, the way he sees the passes and, you know, they don't call him a German sniper for nothing, man, honestly. His ability, you know, to read the game and to, to, to you know. Uh, <clears throat> and also, uh, I think, you know, one thing that a lot of people actually, in my opinion, at least, I don't know, maybe uh, I might be looking at it wrong or no, is that a lot of people actually don't give Cruz credit for, you know, evasion of the press. I think Tony Cruz mm-hmm. is a very, very good evasion of the press, you know, when a lot of people are, you know, coming on the press and that ability of his, you know, to throw the ball and, you know, just automatically bypass everything in front of him, you know, that's one key thing, you know, and I think uh, it's going to be really, really important, you know, especially again uh, tomorrow, even though Barcelona are missing some midfielders, uh, you know, as we've talked, like, uh, 
players like Frankie De Jong, Frank Kessie, you know, uh, the fullbacks in uh, Ida Baldi or, or, or Jordi Alba will like to, you know, close down spaces as quick as they can. And it's very, going to be very important, you know, to release that ball as soon as possible. And I think uh, in this current game, like very few are as good as Tony Cross in this situation. Yeah, that's going to be so crucial. Yeah, like you never see Tony Cruz lose a ball, right? It's all, maybe you can see Kamavinga or someone, it's just because of a lack of experience in that position of the pitch. But Tony Cruz, you can never see him. Like he will always pick out the safest pass. He will always, he'll never like give the defenders trouble too. So, the right man for the like big occasion. Yeah, exactly. Indeed, indeed. I guess uh, we're done with the midfield too then. Like, uh, let's get into the defense. Let's starting with the left back. I mean, for the left back, I think it's going to be Nacho again. I don't know. Do we have any other option? It's either you play Kamaviga or you play Nacho. I think there's no third option to that. I don't know. Is there? Yeah. I mean, it's probably too adventurous uh, for this game to play Kamavinga there. Uh, but yeah, it's probably going to be Nacho and he's going to be tasked with uh, defending Rafinha. Yeah, I mean, the point is, he's going to be defending Rafinha, but I mean, it's Nacho, man. The man is a, he's a solid defender, as we've seen, you know. He's defended Mo Salah, you know, with almost ultimate ease, you know. He's defended, you know, Riyad Mahrez the previous year has also. It's, you know, it's not like he's the first time on the job, so he knows his shit. So, I mean... Even if he doesn't give you a stellar performance, you know, you will get an above-average performance from Nacho or, you know. So, I mean, uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, you know, still defending also is still a collective effort, you know, as even we saw at Anfield, you know, for the first 15, 20 minutes, like, Mo Salah had Alaba's number, you know, and the only reason was because, you know, Kamavinga was confused of his, of his, of his position, you know, but once he, you know, got into the game and understood the role he had to play, you could see even when Nacho came on, Fede and Kamavinga were helping, you know, uh, down the down the flanks even to defend. So you know, it's it's not just. I mean, obviously these wingers like they are pacey and tricky. Like every almost every time if they come one on one, the attacker is almost always going to win that battle because he's he's fast, he's tricky, you know. So that's the thing for you know, it's a it's a collective uh, defensive thing. You know, you just have to defend both uh, with the midfielders and the fullbacks as well. So uh, I hope they don't keep Nacho in isolation one v one. I hope you know they they tend to they get to understand their their duty because uh, as we've seen Rafinha also is a very very uh, uh very skillful winger. Let's not forget this you know credits where it's due like he's he's really stepped up you know since he's joined Barcelona because I never expected that but you know uh I think uh, I never expected that much because he played for Leeds and they were fighting relegation so I never expected that he could adapt so seamlessly to Barcelona but yeah he's been really good honestly credit where it's due so. I really do hope, like, you know, the people who play in midfield, you know, understand that uh, it's not just a fullback's job to defend, it's a collective effort to defend them eventually. Exactly. And one thing that people, like, already always, like, know how good of a defender Nacho is, but did you notice, like, especially in the Atletico game, game that uh, he was able to dribble through our guy and then, like, he didn't put a really good cross in, but he's still, uh, his attacking yep. plays. Yep. I would say on par with Mendy's or even better because in even in the first half he did ping those uh, couple of really dangerous balls along the wings to Vinny and then that created really good opportunities. So that's something that uh, is in Nacho's belt, that deep ball from towards the wings where Vinny can run into space. Especially like with Araujo and stuff like uh, when they man mark Vinny, like this is probably one of the best opportunities to set Vinny free and you know try to create a chance or two. 
Yeah, honestly, it's going to be quite interesting, you know, to see how uh, how it goes, you know, it's Arau and Jules Kunde making, you know, Vinicius Jr. Like, that's literally one of the two best, you know, defenders in the whole of La Liga, you know, honestly. So, it's going to be, you know, really, really crazy, but uh, it's going to be really, really crazy, honestly. But let's see, man. I mean, as you said, you know, like uh, Nacho's, you know, output uh, attacking-wise might be, you know, uh, much more than that of Ferlan Mendy, but the point is, honestly, like saying you're better than Ferlan Mendy attacking-wise is 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 not is not is not even a good thing because I mean it's it's literally non-existent for Ferlan Mendy, honestly. Like the attacking, I mean, he's as a defender, I think there is no better fullback in the world. I think as a defensive fullback, I think there is no better fullback in the world. But just the attacking output leaves so little to be desired. But yeah, I mean, as I said, like Nacho is an all-rounder, honestly. Whatever he does, he's not gonna be, you know. The most spectacular player, but he's gonna do, you know, uh, he's gonna do, he's gonna do just enough, you know, he's gonna do just enough. And as you already pointed out, you know, in the athletic game, there was a couple of uh, impressive, you know, uh, positions that he found himself in, or rather promising positions. But you know, the end product wasn't there. But in this game, honestly, especially if Arawa and Kundi are on Vini, we're gonna need, you know, every single bit of, you know, attacking uh, play from Nacho that we can get. Exactly. And there's Sunil in the comments saying, I want to disagree. Why so much Mendy slander? Mendy skins people with his pace when he decides to be a bit daring. But the problem is, like, he hardly ever decides to get daring. I don't know if it's because of Ancelotti or if it's because of Mendy himself. He just doesn't do it, man. We know he has the space and we know he can put in a decent ball in because he has been uh, assisting in these crucial games, but he just hasn't been doing it often enough. Yeah, I mean, the point is, whatever it is, what it is, like, we miss Mendy, we need him to come back, like, whatever it is, like, you know, we've won the Champions League and the league with him, and he's understanding with being junior, you know, it kind of solidifies, you know, the, the left side of our, of, our, of our play, so, yeah, whatever it is, like, we want Mendy to be back here ASAP, but it is what it is, like, it's a shortcoming of this that, uh, I, at least I personally feel like, you know, the attacking output can be much more, but so far, it is, it is just, I mean, it's enough for now, this is the case, you know, like, but in games where, you know, like where Vini is being marked out and everything, we need that fullback, you know, to 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 take over the game. Because if Vini is being marked out by this place, it means there's a lot of space then for you to exploit, right? But even if you yeah. can't exploit those space, then, you know, uh, it just goes to garbage or whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. Let's see how it goes. All right, man. But for the rest of the backline, I feel like it's pretty solid. Like, we don't have any other options. It's going to be Miltao. Uh, Rodiger and of course on the right back uh, Carvajal. But then yeah. again, you know Lucas Vasquez is uh, back. He is ready to play. But maybe in the second half, do you see that happening? I mean, if we're chasing a goal, I can really see that happening. If we can chase, if we can... I mean, also it depends because honestly, like uh, Baldi and uh, and and Alba are really really attacking oriented uh, uh, fullbacks. So. We never can tell, even you know, when you consider like maybe Ansu Fati plays on that side as well. So if Carval is struggling a bit, he gets a yellow card, you know, uh, you know, just to, to, to preserve, you know, the lad to prevent the red card or whatever it is. So, like, you know, uh, Lucas Vazquez might come on, you never can tell. I mean, at that point, if we are chasing the world, I would probably like to have Nacho on the right side and Kamavinga on the left back. That would be great. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I would prefer to have Kamavinga in the middle of the park, considering the fact that, as we mentioned earlier, like Gavi and Pedri are out. So I really think, you know, that athleticism, that energy, you know, 
that long burst in uh, run of, of Kamavinga is going to be really, really important to break the lines, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, did from the mid-game, like, uh, I mean, the game against Atletico, Modric got uh, like, his fifth yellow card, right? So he's not going to be there for the La Liga game? Yeah, he's not going to be there. I think we play, we play real Betis at the weekend. I'm uh, not sure. I'll okay. just confirm. I think we play Betis at the weekend. So he's not gonna he's gonna miss that. Oh, so Modis yeah, is definitely Betis. gonna yeah Modis is definitely gonna get a rest in then. So he should probably like play out the whole ninety. Yeah, exactly. That's why I mentioned the name of Tony Cross and not Luka Modis because I know that already he's gonna miss the game at the weekend. So he's uh he's definitely gonna you know ball out at uh, this one. Hopefully, let's let's hope he balls out in late. All right. I guess uh, there's nothing much more to talk about except for the fact like. Do you see any chance of uh, loan in starting? Uh, honestly, I don't think so. I think uh, Tivo continues with this because it's a very, really, really important fixture. And as we've seen, even in the uh, previous round as well, you know, with uh, with Atletico when it was against Atletico Madrid, like, you know, uh, Carlo called in the big guns again. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, even though if FIFA thinks you know the world, the, the best goalkeeper in the world is is is, is uh, what's he called? Is uh, Martinez? I chose to differ a hundred percent because I think Martinez wasn't even the best keeper at the World Cup. But then it is what it is. It's it's a bias that I really cannot understand. But yeah, uh, uh, there is that as well. I think uh, you know people vote, and I mean it doesn't even make sense. How can you make a FIFA eleven and have this person in it? And then vote for the best keeper and have a different person as that. Then what are you telling us? It tells you nothing, Farouk. It's just like, a popularity game. There is what no kind map of in work. Like for all we know, they could probably I mean, be looking at their Instagram followers, and then that's how they decided. <laughs> it is what it is, man. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. That's that's so cool, but yeah. I mean, we we will have the best, world best goalkeeper in posts uh, against Barcelona on Thursday. Uh, sorry to Lunin, but yeah, we need we need the big guns for this one. Exactly. Hope he has a good game too. You know, especially after that Liverpool game, he seems to have find, found his confidence in the Atletico game, but he wasn't really tested too. So you know, let's see, yeah. man. Let's see. Also, like I uh, hope it remains that way, man. We don't need him to be tested. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Uh, so, uh, just for the viewers who are still here, like I just want to interrupt before we head to the predictions. Can you just go hit uh, the like button? It just really helps the algorithm and then helps us move forward as well. Keep letting these uh, previews and post matches coming in. All right. And so, for the predictions, Farouk, you want to go first? Oh, I'm going to predict the maximum victory I've seen us have, which is a 3 1 victory. Uh, we're still going to concede. Yeah, man, we're gonna concede one round other than man. <laughs> okay, how is it gonna be? Like, is it gonna be from open play or the classic? Uh, it's gonna be a set piece because those guys have some. I think really... it's gonna be a set. Yeah, man, like uh, their set piece takers are really dangerous. I feel. I mean, the point is when when you come into the box against Kunde and Arau and you know Frank Casey, I think uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna be you know. A bit of a, a bit of a, you know, uphill battle there, honestly. So I kind of feel like we're gonna concede to either Rao or Kokunbi, you know, ahead or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's all part of the game. So let's see how it goes. But a three-one is what I predict by conceding one goal. 
going to actually say it's going to be a 2-0 uh, just to be different i would say uh, but like <laughs> like we see like we seen like in so many classicals even if we have like the most excellent game we're still not going to go score in the more than a two goal deficit yeah that's the thing man unfortunately we are waiting for that day that you know we're going to have uh, the finals fish, you know yeah <laughs> Honestly, man, honestly. Well, let's let's see, man. You never can tell. This might just be that game, you know. Especially considering what happened in Saudi Arabia, you know, like our players might be fired up, you know, to to, to shut up the critics. Also, like uh, along with these uh, exciting games that are going forward, like uh, we also just got the news that there's gonna be a streaming series on Apple TV uh, for the 14th UCL campaign. Uh, that is gonna release on March yeah. 10th. Yeah, man, that's fucking amazing, man. I'm just so keen to see what happened, man. Oh, especially after the 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 uh, what's it called? Uh, the Paris Saint Germain game, man. Honestly, <laughs> I'm so keen to see that. Honestly, the Paris game is the game. I am so keen to just see what happened after the Paris game. Honestly, I mean, wow. Because I think that's the beginning of it all. Honestly, the Paris game at the Bernabeu was the beginning of it all, man. So I'm really so so keen to see how that happened. Well, what what I'm just wondering is that, like, uh, because you know, normally for the all of, all or nothings, which is done by Amazon, they actually announce it at the beginning of the season, and you know, they have exclusive interviews, exclusive footages, and all that. So I don't know, like, did the team already plan this the previous year and just didn't tell anyone about it, or what? I'm just wondering, like, what happened with that? Like, it's a it's a well hidden secret if that's the case. Oh yeah, like we never saw any news outside of that, but I guess like they could have you. All of these instances and like the dressing room is always filmed, right, by someone. So you can always get footage yeah. of everything, even if you don't get exclusive interviews. So yeah, let's see how it goes. Uh, hopefully, there's a lot of juicy content which we haven't seen before. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope we have some really wonderful scenes. Maybe we can even do a reaction videos to them. Hopefully, like we can have a very, you know, I think it's gonna be, you know, very emotional to watch. Really, like I think the Pirates game is gonna be very, very emotional to watch. You know considering how uh what happened and what didn't happen and i think also the final you know with Thibaut also will be very nice to watch you know when he came out saying you know uh people didn't give him his credits you know and he came to the game to show them that this you know he belongs at the very top of the game and you know what is and what is not so yeah man i'm really looking forward to that i think march turn it's a friday if i'm not mistaken maybe it's not i'm not sure mm-hmm. march exactly it's a Friday, so you see, you have the weekend to watch it. So it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be so perfect, man. Honestly, March 10, yeah, I think that it's actually a free weekend for me, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a nice one to watch. All right, yeah, of course. Sunil is in the comments saying like we can get to see all of Rodrigo's heroics again in all its glory. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly, exactly. All right. I guess uh, let's wrap this up then. Uh, so hopefully we see a good game. Uh, we will have a post-match uh, for that as well. And do stay tuned for more content. Uh, before you go, if you are already here, please consider subscribing if you haven't already. Also, do give a like. We have a few socials down below as well. We have a good Twitter and Instagram going where we have good artwork as well for all of these players and reactions. Uh, also, our friends over at Real Madrid Committee have some really good content on Instagram. You should go consider giving them a subscribe or a follow as well. So, without further ado, Hala Madrid. Hala Madrid.